Hey, beautiful friends. Welcome to the Savor Podcast. We're so excited for you to join us today as we dive into the goodness of God together. Our hope is for you to be encouraged, challenged, and entertained as you listen to hosts Stacy and Suzanne, along with special guests as they have honest and real conversations about how to savor God's Word as they grow in their relationship with Christ. We hope you'll encourage a friend or two to listen with you so you can keep the conversations going. We're all about community here. Hey, hey, it's Stacy and Suzanne back for another episode of the Saver Podcast. Um, we are starting a, hopefully a series, right? I hope. <laughs> um, of some commonly um, misquoted, misunderstood uh, Bible verses. And so today we thought we would um, do a couple for you. Uh, but I kind of wanted to preface this uh, episode with, uh, grace, like this is all we've all um, taken verses out of context. Um, you know, I probably still do, and because the Bible's hard to understand sometimes. Um, and so, um, I wanted to start and just tell you a little story um, about how even if you're trying to understand the Bible and you take a Bible verse out of context, that God will meet you in that place. I wonder how many of us have heard. Um, the God won't give you more than you can handle. Oh, yeah. Heard that one? Yeah, I have. Heard so um, <laughs> I I was going through a really rough time in my life. This was kind of like the part in my life where it was like, okay, I'm going to get serious about God or I'm just going to go start living life um, reactively <laughs> based on my emotions. And so uh, because I had children and I really loved them, I wanted to choose <laughs> what I felt would be better for them, even though it was really better for me. So I was just really like struggling um, with this thing that had happened in my life. I like couldn't get out of the bed. And I thought of this because I'd heard some people say it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I Googled Bible verse that says, God won't give you more than you can handle. Can I just interrupt for yeah. one second? When you can't find a verse, Googling it is a really good thing. I, I do Google all, all, the, all time. the time. Yes. All the time. No shame day. in using the Google search bar. <laughs> oh, none. Um, and so that's what I did. I Googled it. And funny thing I found out is that is not even in the Bible. Wow. You right? mean that is not a verse in the Bible? No. And how many times do we hear people say that? All the Especially time. Especially when you're in difficult situations. God won't give you more than you can handle. So when I Googled that, I realized that wasn't in the ver- in the Bible. But there is a verse that people, I think, pull that from. And that's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And I'm not going to necessarily read it to you because you can go and read that. Um, but basically, the verse is talking about temptation. And there's no temptation that God doesn't know about and that, you know, he won't provide a way out for you and that you'll be able to endure that temptation. So if you want to go read that, you can. But that's where that concept is pulled from, which is totally different than what is said because he won't give you more than you handle is totally different than he relates to every temptation that you have and he will provide a way out or a way of escape, I think, is how it literally is translated, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, it does say provide a way of escape. And so, uh, but God met me in that place, you know, and I actually, uh, I've told this story before, but I wrote, um, wrote it on my 
bathroom, I had one of those big construction mirrors at the time, you know, that are basically, it's a mirrored wall. Yes. And um, I wrote it on there. Can I just say those are fun in the bathroom? No, no. no. <laughs> those aren't fun anywhere. No, are they're they? not. No, they're not. <laughs> um, so I wrote that in lipstick on my mirror. And every day when I've just felt like I couldn't like take it anymore, I would go in there and just stand in there and read it. So even though it was a verse that was out of context, um, and didn't mean what I thought it meant. God met me in that space mm-hmm. and provided comfort for me. And that's, I think, um, what's important is that he knew I was trying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so th- that's what I want people to hear the most today. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, is that, uh, yes, we need to learn how to read things rightly. Um, but God also meets us with his Holy Spirit to, uh, to be able to get what we need in that moment. Yeah, I think that's such a good point, too, because uh, if you're listening to us, you may be in a different place than someone else or maybe where I am or maybe where Suzanne is. And don't uh, hate the place that you're in. And I think it's in Zephaniah. Maybe it talks about not despising the small beginnings, but start where you are and God will meet you there wherever you are. Even if it's your quoting something that's not actually scripture, he'll lead you, especially if you are his child. If you are a child of God, you've given your life to Christ, then the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit resides in you. And we know the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to turn the lights on for God's word, Mm. to illuminate. It's the illumination of God's word through his Holy Spirit. And he will do that wherever you are, whether you've read the Bible every day for the last five years, or you've never read the Bible at all. He will meet you where you are. Yeah. And looking back, you know, reading that was probably helpful because I probably was tempted to kill a couple people and didn't realize that God was actually providing an escape (laughs) because I didn't do it. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. Um, I'm so glad because it would be a very different podcast. We would be recording from your prison cell. Yes, very, very different. (laughs) Uh, But no, in all seriousness. So what's a verse, Stacey, that you've thought of that um, you hear people speak a lot of out of context or you know, you yourself have or whatever. Yeah. I think one of the most common ones that I have heard is quoted out of Psalm 4610. And you will most often hear people say, be still and know, Mm. you know, or you've heard the concept, let go and let God. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think when we hear that, so Psalm 4610, I'll read it to you in just a second, but most people will just say, be still and know. As a matter of fact, there's one really wildly popular author who basically wrote a whole book that talks about, in this one section, all about going into your closet and be still and know. Unfortunately, she only quoted that part of the verse. And I think we have to be careful in that because what we're learning is that context is king. Mm -hmm. And so... You have to read it in context. So I want to read Psalm 4610. I read out of the ESV, but you guys can read it in whatever version because either way, any version, it's still when you read the entire verse. So Psalm 4610 actually says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You see how radically different that verse is when you see it starts out with be still and know that I am God. And then he goes on to say, I will be exalted. And it's actually the second to last verse for the before you end the entire psalm. And so what, what our aim is and what our goal is today is kind of just to 
take out some of these passages and show you how we get to understand them in context so that maybe when you're hearing a verse or you read a verse or you see a verse on social media or on a coffee cup, you can think, okay, well, maybe I want to go look at that in context. So the first thing I would encourage you to do, and the first thing I did with this is I went back and looked at the title of this psalm. Psalms is a book in the Bible that is written in poetry form. So that's something that's real important that you need to know is what is the type of writing that's happening in that passage. So I read Psalms very differently than I read the writings of Paul because Paul was writing to a group of people. Usually he was writing letters to believers. And so I read that very different than I read the book of Psalms. And so that's one of the first things you need to know is that Psalms is written in more of a poetic form. And then in the book of Psalms, at, e at the top of each Psalm in your Bible, usually it will tell you a little bit about it. And so this one just says, um, it's one of the songs of the sons of Korah. And it talks, it has it titled as God is our fortress. Now that is not inspired scripture that was added later to help us know what's going on. And so in a lot of Psalms, you'll see that it's a song of Korah or the sons of Korah, which I do not have time to get into that, but y'all, that's a fascinating story, the sons of Korah. Korah was a guy who was in charge of the worship leaders, basically, when they were in the desert, um, when they were wandering around for the 40 years, and he rebelled against God, and then the earth swallowed him up and a bunch hmm. of other people with him. So it's a crazy, wild story. So when I hear the sons of Korah, these are the kids who saw that happen. Mm -hmm. They saw their dads get swallowed up by the earth. Like, literally, the earth opened up, swallowed them, gone, boom, mm. because of their rebellion against God. So that's who's writing this psalm. So when you see, be still and know that I am God, you got to picture these guys are like, oh yeah, we remember, we saw the power and majesty of God, not be still and know. And so I think that's uh, important because the whole theme of Psalm 46 is the power of God and his ability to have a sovereign choice. That's the main theme. So even the be still and know, when you hear that, if you ever see it written somewhere, you hear someone say it, put a kind of reminder in your mind to go click, click, oh yeah, be still and know that he is God and he will be exalted because he is all powerful. And so I think, you know, just to kind of keep that in context, the verse is not telling us to sit and empty our mind of all thoughts because that's how it gets misquoted. Be still and know. Be still and know what? Okay, so before you keep going, spill the tea on... Who, do people still say that? Spill the tea? We do. We Give do. me the tea? Yeah. Something. Okay. I'm trying to sound like a cool mom. Um, I'm not a normal mom. I'm a cool mom. Um, That's a sure sign that we're not cool, isn't it? A hundred percent. Okay. So who wrote the book? Are you going to get to this in a minute? Or? I, I am. And okay. I will now. I can go ahead and talk about it now. So Glennon Doyle mm -hmm. is the author and the book is called Undaunted. Okay. Um, and she, in that book, talks about the idea of emptying yourself of everything. And um, I'll actually... Which is just what you said, that it clearly doesn't mean, right? It does not mean okay. that. No, it does not. And, and in just a minute, I will actually tell you what her definition of knowing is. And then mm. I'm going to tell you what the actual definition of that word in this text. Because okay. the other thing to remember is the Bible was written 
thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. And we've said it a hundred times and we'll say it a hundred more times. The Bible was not written to us. The Bible was written for our benefit. Mm -hmm. So I can benefit from it. I am to read it, but I cannot take where I am today and what a word means today and put that back into scripture because the Bible was not written in English. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) That was, I, I mean, I laugh at that, but honestly, I had to learn that. Like I had to remind myself of that, that every time I went into it, it was not written in my primary, the only language I speak. I say my primary language, like I speak speak more than one. I don't. I wish if I had a secret superpower, it would be that I could speak all languages. Can you imagine if you knew, understood all languages? That would be pretty cool. That would, that is going to be my superpower. That would make you a cool mom. Okay, good. (laughs) But I don't. So it's not, it was, this was actually written in Hebrew and we're going to go into what that Hebrew word no means in just a minute. But a lot of times, and in Glennon Doyle's book, she will encourage you along with other people who tend to be more new age will encourage you just be still and know, dig into that mind, your own mind, empty your mind of everything and just sit. Um, And that is not what it's telling us. This verse is actually encouraging us to pause and reflect on the power and authority of God. And we know that because the entire verse says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And so it's saying, take a breath, be still, no matter what your eyes see before you, reflect, remind yourself that I am God. I am in control. And in my Bible, in um, this psalm, I actually, I was telling Suzanne when I opened up my Bible to record today, I looked, and Suzanne can see, like, there are notes all over this one psalm. Now, the page next to it, there's not a single note, so, (laughs) but for for this one, and right next to these verses, I wrote, um, when I have no answer for the pain around me, I need to be reminded that God is in control. And that's really the crux of what this verse is telling us. Because to look at it in context, since it's only 11 verses, if you're reading something out of the book of Psalm and it's a short Psalm, I encourage you, read all 11 verses because it was not written to take one verse or one phrase. Most of the Psalms were written to be sung aloud. So you wouldn't sing one line or one word of a song. And if you do, it drives me crazy. I just had the privilege and joy of I know where this is going. (laughs) I just had the privilege and joy of spending a week out at the beach with my son and Suzanne's son, which you guys, if you need some laughter in your life, you need to be around these boys. Laugh, laugh. But Drew, or Drewby as I like to call him, he'll be mortified if he listens. He won't. He's 15. He'll never listen to this. He's not going to listen to it. But he actually is an incredibly gifted singer. And so I love to listen to him sing. But y'all, he sang the same line over and over and over. And on top of that, it was a song by Creed. (laughs) So it was with arms wide open. Yes. Belting it. Yes. Over and over and over. Again, I was tempted to hurt him, (laughs) but God provided me an escape. Isn't that that great? (laughs) But in the same way that you don't want to just repeat one word or one phrase. Well, if he said that, and I, so it was funny because he only could, re- I mean, he knows a lot of the words, but the music has to be on. So I asked him because I actually am old enough to remember when that song came out and it was kind of, I liked it then. I'm not going to lie. Heck okay? yeah, that's okay. Um, I said, do you even know what that song is about? And he said, no, I don't. 
Yeah. And I said, yeah, because you sing with arms wide open. That could mean a thousand different things. But if you listen to the song in context, it's actually a nice song he's singing about when he found out his his wife was going to have a baby or something like that. Something oh. like that. So it is. it has so much more meaning yes. when you actually know what the whole song means. I think that's kind of what you're Yeah, saying. exactly. Yeah. And so in that same way, when we look at this, we need to read it in context. So I want if, you know, if you're listening to this and you're actually just sitting, which why would you be listening to a podcast and just sit? I don't know. No offense. I'm just you might kidding. Be driving. I'm sitting that's all I'm the time. When well, I'm, I'm at, I'm at, if you're sitting and listening and not doing something else, but oh. I never sit and listen to podcasts. I'm either folding laundry, driving or running or some, Something. Who am I lying? I haven't run in months, you guys. <laughs> but I'd like to think that I am going to run. Anyway, but if you have your Bible or you go back, Psalm 46, I want to jump up to verse 1, how the entire psalm starts. Because this is a song to be sung aloud in the same way that Creed has a song that's to be sung in context. I'm not elevating Creed to Scripture. Let's be no, clear No, in fact, that. we're fine if we never hear that song ever again for the rest of our lives. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But it was delightful. So <laughs> Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear through though the earth gives way though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea though its waters roar and foam though the mountains tremble at its swelling and so the very first line of this passage of scripture in context is saying hey god is our refuge and strength and a very present help in time of trouble and so that already lets me know okay this verse isn't about just being still and knowing it is knowing that god is in control and he will be exalted. And when I am in a place where I don't understand what's going on or I see things that I cannot explain, this verse is encouraging me to go back and remember the power of the God that I serve. And so that's what I kind of want to help us understand. It starts out with God is the point, not my personal exploration of knowing the truth. Mm. So the verse usually gets used to, oh, yeah, you use your personal exploration exploration, and you discover your truth. That is not what this is saying. The truth is declared in that very first verse that God is the refuge. And then it ends in verse 11. And verse 11 says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So we don't need to run into our closet and sit and experience a knowing that Glennon Doyle defines as, she actually, in her book, defines knowing as a moment of uncertainty arises, breathe, turn inward, sink, feel around for the knowing, do the next thing it nudges you toward, let it stand, don't explain, repeat forever. That's how she defines knowing. First of all, I don't even know what all of that means. I don't know what it means to sing. <laughs> it sounds very new agey, like we talked about in, if you haven't listened to... Um, the Living on a Prayer Part 2, we talked about contemplative prayer. Yes. And it kind of sounds like she's lending to that, which is interesting because when I did the research on contemplative prayer that had nothing to do with her, um, it was this verse was used all the time all the by time. Richard Rohr is who yes. we talked about. Um, and so that's very, I find that extremely, you know, it's very new agey. And so it is. we don't know what it means probably because no. it's just so floaty. Right. But what I want to tell you is with a very easy Google search about the Hebrew meaning of this word no, it actually means to teach or distinguish between good and evil. 
So to be still and know, that word know is also used in Psalm 51.6. And Psalm 51.6 says, teach me in the secret heart. It says, behold, you delight in the truth in the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. So when you connect Psalm 51.6 with that same idea. So it's the same word that God teaches us and be still and know. It is to be able to perceive and to be taught the difference between good and evil, not to go in your closet, empty your mind, sink, feel around for the knowing. I don't even know how you would feel. around. And again, I don't mean to be arrogant or cocky in this, but if you hear a sort of synonym, sin. I'm being cynical. Oh, cynical. I, yes. I was like, synonym? I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> you were trying cinnamon. to help me. No. Ooh, cinnamon. Never mind. That's a... <laughs> but I'm not trying to be cynical, but I get frustrated with women who really, and I'm not frustrated with the woman, but I'm frustrated. It's a pain point for me because I hear women talk about wanting to just find their inner knowing. And I'm like, there is that is not going to lead you to a place of hope. Scripture says, lift your eyes to the maker of heaven and earth. He is your helper. And so my frustration is not with the women who have been there and done that. It's with this culture that is perpetuating this information to them. And so I just want to encourage you. That's kind of my my push on this to, you know, if you're reading a verse and you're not understanding it, you can, and we'll put some links for some websites that will give you the actual definition of what that original word was. Now, I'm not saying you should spend all your time in, you know, looking up individual words, but when you hear something quoted and you want to know more, that's one of the things that you can do to help you put it in context. So to kind of summarize a couple of things, first of all, know what type of writing it is, whether it's poetic, whether it's prophetic, whether it's an actual letter to people. So know the type of writing that the scripture is, read it within the context of the verses around it, and be willing to go look up what the original meaning is of that word. Because when I hear be still and know, it doesn't register with me because there's so many different kinds of knowledge. That word know also can be used sometimes in scripture, like when Adam knew his wife Eve, that's a euphemism for the fact that they had sex. Yeah. And so that it does, it can translate into that as well. And so knowing those context clues will really help you in understanding the verse. I think too, didn't we do, um, if you have not listened also, um, to the is it where do I begin or do I need a history degree to study the Bible? One, it's, it's like one of the first two or three mm-hmm. um, where we kind of go into that a little bit, a little bit more about how to try to figure out the context. Yes, didn't we do that? I think once? we did. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you can always go back and look. But I think just listening to you, Stacy, with all of that and just the richness of what the passage means versus what we want it to mean. Yeah, and I think um, that's uh, Shana knew. If Shana just made me a coffee cup, and it says I can do all things through any text um, <laughs> taken out, any scripture taken out of context, or any verse taken out of something like that. Yeah. And it's so funny because um, we can we can read whatever we want. Um, it's the idea of exegesis versus eisegesis, and those are just fancy words for. Okay, slow down. <laughs> yep, go ahead. Because did you just call something eisegesis? Yes. <laughs> So exegesis, E-X-E, Jesus, is just means to like to draw out of. So what are we taking out of the scripture? You know, what did the author 
intend the scripture to mean. I always remember exa like Exodus, like going out. And then eisegesis, I think it's E-I-S. Yes, I think you're right. But I remember it by I, like me. Oh. Eisegesis means I'm putting what I want it to mean. I think it means putting into or something. That is a great explanation. I've never heard it explained that well. Yeah, That's so awesome. It's uh, what I'm putting in into the scripture. And that's just where I'm reading it to say what I want it to read. And that, th- that can be intentional, but most often not for us. I think it's unintentional. Yes. But if we're not careful, then we can easily make verses mean what we want. So that's just um, a funny thing. But, um, you know, our whole mission with this podcast was, what is it, delighting or discovering the goodness of God by delighting in His Word. Yes. And if I take Glennon Doyle's explanation of be still and know, that does not bring me peace and comfort when the world is literally falling apart around me. Yeah. When I see things like that ha- just happened in Texas with those poor children and their parents and the teachers going to my closet to look inward and finding the next no, feeling for the next no, that next no for me is sorrow and heartbreak and hopelessness. Yes. And in this scripture, what I hear you saying, Stacy, is what it means is be still and know that no matter what happens, God's in control and he's got us, even when it doesn't look like it, even when we don't understand it. And there's no understanding that I can look inward and figure out the world. That's right. And so I think that's the beauty of what we're aiming to do in this podcast is to be able to still see and feel God's goodness mm-hmm. when everything around us doesn't necessarily feel good. Yeah. And that's really what the Bible does. The Bible is not a book of a lot of clean stuff. I mean, very early in Genesis, there's this thing called the fall and the relationship between man and God is fractured. And just another chapter or two away, you immediately get murder. Right. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't take us very many chapters into this book. And so some of us have a preconceived notion about the Bible, that it's a story about all these good people that do good things. It's, I have always said, and I've probably said it in a podcast episode before, I think chronicle King David's life and turn, it would be better than the last kingdom or whatever those crazy shows are Mm -hmm. now that so many people love. Yeah. But I think, because David's got a story. I mean, it's it's grimy, it's gritty, it's dirty. But then there's this beautiful story of redemption mm. and reconciliation that God has intended to have with us. And so when we get to a point where we see these horrific acts of violence and evil perpetrated against women and children most often, the Bible gives us a response for that. And it is know that God will be exalted, that he is in control and he is our refuge. And then even in the book of Psalms, we have laments. We have these things where we can go to him and say, my God, my God, where are you? What is happening? And then we can remind ourselves, but he is our fortress. He is our refuge. So, Amen. Amen yeah. to that. So, you know, the other night I went to dinner with Chris and we ordered fried pickles. Oh, that's I love me some fried pickles. These were good. These were like mm. the little um, round ones. They were thin. Mm. They had just the right breading on them. They were so good. And it came with a little side of ranch. But when Chris dipped his pickle in the ranch, he said, what is that? And I said, he tasted it. And I said, I think it's ranch. And he said, yeah, but it's not like overpowering. It's the perfect pairing. Like it's exactly what you need to accentuate the flavor of the pickle without stealing 
all the flavor itself. And so when I started thinking about that in relation to delighting in the goodness of God by tasting and seeing and knowing that God is good, I started thinking about the idea that what if they had served us fried pickles with a side of peanut butter Mm. and we had tried to dip our (laughs) fried pickle in that peanut butter? I just don't think that would be the same. I don't think that would be good at all. I don't think so either. And it made me think that that's a lot of times what happens that the church sometimes will take a verse out of context and we serve it to the world as fried pickles and peanut butter and the gospel of Jesus Christ and the beauty of the message of Jesus is, no, that fried pickle next to that ranch in context of the grace and mercy Mm. and compassion and the sovereignty and the majesty of God is what needs to be done. And so that led us to what our savor moment is for today. So we are gonna challenge you guys to, if you are a mom and you have a brave child, or if you just have a brave friend that wants to do a taste test, (laughs) we're gonna encourage you to have some fried pickles and peanut butter and some fried pickles and ranch and see or whatever combination you have in your house yes Yes. or whatever um actually suzanne said she tried a new combination (laughs) because her friend julie told her to try what was it um carrots and peanut butter and i was like "Ooh, that's gross um but i tried it and i actually liked it so (laughs) see maybe i you know you you might try to think of something gross that won't go together though like (laughs) Well, I don't know. Mustard and onion. I mean, I don't know. That's Mustard weird. and onion go great together. I know. That was burger. dumb. I don't know why that came to me. But you'll figure something out. That's right. And if you don't, then... A grape and mustard. Ooh, yeah, that would not be good. There I you don't go. Think. And then you can share this same kind of analogy. Yeah. And then, them. you know, it's a good way to kind of have a conversation starter with a friend or maybe your children about reading scripture in context Mm -hmm. and doing that. So that is part of our savor moment. And then um, we just encourage you, you know, Psalm 46, it's 11 verses. I want to encourage you, grab your Bible, whether you read it on your phone or you have a hard copy and begin by um, asking God to give you illumination through his Holy Spirit, insight and wisdom, uh, and read it and ask him to show you what that is saying in context and maybe take some notes on it and we'd love to hear that and we'd love to hear any crazy food combinations that you come up with and every time you eat fried pickles now we want you to think oh yeah put the verse in context yes and the goodness of god i know every time i eat fried pickles i think about the goodness of god yes and i have to say on a side note um, my husband has started praying this new prayer and he prayed it the other night um, when we were eating the fried pickles was the first time he shared it with me and so he said the blessing before we ate, and he said, God, let this be the best food we have ever tasted in our lives. So the next time you're running through the fast food line and you're like, I know this is going to be bad, just say, God, supernaturally, make it the best food I have ever tasted. And it was they were pretty good pickles. So, yeah, um, good. you know, there's that. Well, we are so glad that you guys joined us on this episode of Savor. And we hope that you will um, listen to this podcast, share it with a friend. Because remember, this isn't like every other podcast where you're just listening to it. We want you to have a community where you're doing this. You cannot do life alone. In the same way, verses need to be in context of the verses around them. Ladies, you need to be plugged into the community around you. You were not intended to do life alone. 
alone. And if you don't have somewhere to plug in, plug in at Crosstown Church in the SOAR ministry with our women here. Reach out to us on social media. Uh, email us at saver at crosstownchurch.com. We would love to hear from you. We're so glad that you listened and we pray that this podcast blesses you. Amen. Thank you for being with us today here at Saver. This podcast is a ministry of Crosstown Church. For information about SOAR Women's Ministry or Crosstown Church, please visit crosstownchurch.com or download the Crosstown app. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, or leave a review. This helps people find us.